Welcome to Exploring Possibility. I'm your host, Christopher Giel, and with this show, my mission is to empower you. I want to inspire those who have forgotten their true worth, their highest potential, and their ultimate capability. I'll be exploring topics that are aimed towards personal growth to help you gain insight and approach life with new perspectives. I want you to increase your impact and help you live a more fulfilling life because limited thinking equals limited being. Let the show begin. Hi there, guys, and welcome to Exploring Possibility. This is episode number 32, number 32. I'm so happy that you guys have decided to join me today in today's discussion on how we will be expanding human potential. So how we will get to that better version of ourselves. So as usual, if this is your first time tuning in, um, I would just recommend that you hit that subscribe button from wherever you're listening from just so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And then second of all, we've got a free Facebook community, which I've now labeled as Hive Mind, which you can join for more interaction where we'll dive into the topics a little bit deeper. And it's actually here where we'll work on ourselves a little bit more. It's here where you'll meet like-minded people. And it's here where we will support one another as we build a community of high energy individuals as people who want to lead, as people who want to become the best versions of themselves and as people who want to consciously achieve higher. So having that out of the way, today's discussion is going to be based around identity. It's going to be based around performing optimally and it's going to be based around failure. And for today's episode, I've got Harris Fanneroff. He's a former baseball player who now helps businesses leaders, athletes, and so forth have difficult conversations. So these conversations are obviously uh, necessary for the growth and optimal performance of that athlete, leader, or business owner. So as a leadership and business development coach, Harris has a gift for helping people uncover the deep issues that hold them back from excellence in business and in life. Through his journey, we're able to digest his decision-making framework and see how he has had to make his way through seemingly tough decisions and moments within his sport career. He had to adapt his story, as most of us do, to become who he is today and to share that in a way that helps others go forward. So I'm going to have him on the podcast today. You're going to hear what the episode is all about. But as I mentioned just before I introduced him, it's going to, it's going to be based on performing optimally and how we got to make decisions or how we make decisions to sort of sustain that high performance or stay in that high performance zone, you know, staying in the flow zone, staying in flow state rather, and in the zone as they call it. So as we progress throughout this episode, I'd like you to think about your performance daily. Are you performing in such a way that you are happy with your performance and that your performance is actually taking you forward in life and you're not just staying in one place every day and you're actually actually just busy instead of actually moving forward. And do you know how to get into flow state? Do you know how to get into that zone, whether that's in your business, whether that's in your career, whether you're a sportman, whether you're at home, do you know how to get into the zone and actually perform optimally in whatever it is you're doing? And then second of all, once you hit those bumps in the road, as you get into failure, how do you deal with that? How do you see it? How do you frame it? And then how do you work through that? 
so you can get into an empowering state and, you know, keep moving forward. Keep those things in mind, listen out for all the insights, and then let me know how this episode went. Enjoy, guys. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Exploring Possibility. And as with all my guests, I just love jumping into who they are and where they come from to get context for the show. And today we're going to just have a conversation revolve around things that create possibility. I believe it creates possibility. And today that possibility, that word is made up of things such as the mental performance. You know, it's made up of leadership, confidence, uh, our identity, values, and then also much more. So today I want to welcome you to my guest and his name is Harris. Harris, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Christopher. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. So like I said, we're going to jump into all those amazing topics. But before we start getting all curious about that and see what it's all about and getting to learn from you and just grow together during this episode, just briefly like tell us a little bit more about who Harris Fanneroff is. Of course, of course. So I'm originally from a suburb outside the D.C. area. I was always incredibly interested in sports from, from an early age, both from a playing perspective and uh, from a watching perspective. So I ended up falling in love with baseball, got drafted by a professional team here in the D.C. area after high school, but instead chose to continue my athletic career playing Division One baseball at a, at a college up here in, in Pennsylvania called Lehigh University. And so after I graduated Lehigh, I worked for five and a half years for a higher education consulting firm. And now where I'm at is I lead sales and account management for an organizational development and emotional intelligence firm in the DC area as well. That is awesome stuff. Like it sounds like you are delving into so many awesome stuff daily. I mean, there's, it just excites me when you start talking about all those topics, you know, and I know that you've also got a, you've got quite an athletic background. What, what happened there? Was, is there anything special that we can take from your athletic background? Did you do any sports, anything special there? Yeah. So a lot of my athletic background has to do with identity and how I like to think about it now is how it's helped me transform into the individual that I am. Right. And I know we'll dive into a lot of identity today, but I'll, I'll, sh- I'll start with a, a short story here about how my athletic career has helped me with my identity today. Mm. So for my whole life, I had always been known as a baseball player, basically from the age of four. That was how everybody described me. That was what I was really good at. And that was my identity. And I, and I loved it. I thrived on it. And then I ran into a pretty big halt when I stopped playing baseball. And I was really faced with the question of who was I? What was my identity? And I had always said, I'm a baseball player. And now I stopped playing. And so who, who was I? And so I really struggled pretty severely with identity issues. And it was through the help of a leadership or executive or mental performance coach that I was able to think about myself from a broader context and who I really was that opened my eyes up to the world of coaching, organizational development, and really what that experience was for me, what being a baseball player actually meant versus just the title of being a baseball player that helped me really work through that pretty difficult situation. So many times when I've dealt with people and we speak about how much or how necessary it is to have this identity attached to whatever it is you're doing. So let's say you are playing some sort of sport. In this case, it was baseball. If you have that that identity of being a baseball player, you're already in that 
sort of like moment. You're in the shoes of the baseball player. You see yourself as a, as a baseball player. You see that you like see your future in terms of baseball. And it in, in some way, it definitely helps us to sort of like own that role, to own that, that sport, to own the role of being the baseball player. And then knowing that we now, in a way, we can expect that this needs, like specific things need to happen in order to become this, you know, great baseball player. But then also I find that there's a lot of limitation with that as well. And you experience that in your own life. So like what exactly happened in terms of, in terms of your own identity? Like how were you, how do you find you were limited if you were, and what do you find the dangers are with, with uh, your identity being too attached to something like in your case, attaching your identity to being a baseball player, but then as you transition out of that, it, it might just be dangerous, you know, because that's all you have. How, how did you deal with that? Like, could you take us through that? I think it's exactly like you said. It's when that transition occurs that that intense identity on one specific thing can really hurt you and cause you to have struggles. So when I'm working with high school, college athletes now, it's helping them to think about yeah, this is what you do. You're a college baseball player, you're a college football player, you're a college basketball player, you're a high school baseball player. But like, take a step back and what is important to you about being that athlete? Is it about working with the team? Is it about working through difficult situations, Understand setting a goal and working towards it? Like, what about being a baseball player, being that athlete is important to you and driving that towards their values? And instead of just saying, I'm a baseball player, it's talking about why you play your sport. It's, it gets back to... What's your why about why you do what you do? And that can give you a better understanding of a broader identity that can serve you as opposed to just a single narrow-minded focus of, of that one specific label that you have. Mm, I love that. I love that it can pull back and just look at the why instead of the what. It's just you abstract it in such a way that it actually empowers you in every single way. If you had to transition out of that, or something had to happen in your life where something, you know, catastrophic happens to your leg or you, you lose an arm, then you know at least why you did it in the beginning, why you were trying to achieve a certain goal. And you have that foundational value in place. So you can still sort of like transition over it much more easily, I would say, in, in this case. So my, my next question would just be based on, let's say someone had to get to the situation where they had to transition out of a uh, from from being a baseball player or being in some sort of sport and then not being able to do that, how do we how do we deal with that? Like, how do we balance that and uh, approach like a healthy, optimal, and a flexible identity? That's the, that's the best way I could ask this question. Yeah, and I think it's a lot about not being so narrow focused when you think about your identity and being more values focused. So instead of thinking about what is your uh, job or your title or you as a baseball player. It's about what are your values. And so you have to expand it a little bit and think about, hey, the values that are important to me are joy, their empathy, their love, fulfillment, resilience, all things that I got to experience as a baseball player. But that's about me as an individual. Those are the things that are important to me versus just here's my title. I'm director of sales or I'm uh, an account manager. It's like, if you take a step back and think about what do you enjoy, what's important to you about doing that specific thing, it can help you stay away from being so narrow focused that when that gets taken away from you or when you can no longer do it, you can be you can have less of a uh, failure, less of a drop, less uh, of worries. 
That makes sense. So there's there's something that just came to my mind, and it's it's while I was reading more about you. It was while I was getting some info on you, and I came across this word that was quite new to me, and I'm going to give it to you now. And it actually happened with you while you were. I don't. I think you. I don't know if you were playing baseball, but let's get to this. So it's called yips. <laughs> so yeah. for those of us that don't know what that is, I had to go and Google that because that was the first time that I've ever liked to see <laughs> that word and. Just briefly give us what that means, and then I'm going to transition into, into why I'm asking you that. Yeah, absolutely. So the yips is a, is a pretty crazy concept. It happens to golfers a lot and to baseball players a lot. And it's when, how I like to ex- explain it, is when your brain and your arm stop, stop talking to each other. So something that you've been doing for so long as a baseball player, like throwing a baseball, you forget how to do it. You have a traumatic experience an injury, uh, a bad outing. And then all of a sudden you lose the confidence and your brain and your arms start talking. And like I said, something that you've been doing for 15 plus years becomes so incredibly difficult and you can't, and you can no longer do it. Uh, the ball just flies everywhere. You can't throw it to your partner. And it's, it's a, it's a crazy wild concept and something that I dealt with, uh, in my college career. That is absolutely crazy. So <laughs> yeah, that, that inhibited your, your ability to perform optimally, which is what I'm aiming at at this moment is being able to perform optimally in any situation, whether that's going to be in sport, whether that's going to be in business or whether that's going to be in life. I want to think about how do we, how do we perform optimally and how do we do that consistently? And, you know, perhaps for some of us, I think we, we struggle with identity and perhaps some of us don't, but I think you've given some key ideas of how to think about that. How do you abstract that idea in terms of identity? Because that is also necessary if you want to, or I feel at least it's necessary to perform optimally. You need to identify yourself with that role, with that baseball role, with being a baseball player. You know, you want to be the best in that role. So you need to identify, but now we at least have another perspective on how we can approach identity. But now for some of us, a blind spot might lie in other things such as not being confident enough. So, you know, for some, it might be identity for some, it might be confidence. So how did you approach that? Did you ever struggle with this thing of confidence within your like career in baseball and sport overall? Um, and if you did or did not, how would you suggest someone improves their confidence uh, towards, towards performing a little bit better and higher? It's a great question. And it's the one that I get the most when I work with athletes in high school and college now on the mental performance right now. So to answer your question, yes, I, I struggled with confidence and uh, Who doesn't? definitely, definitely. Yeah, exactly. And so when I think about it now and all the studying that I've done on the topic and working with different mentors, the, the thing that I love from one of my mentors who also is one of Seb's mentors is to be humble in preparation and arrogant in performance and purposely use the word arrogant because you want to truly believe that you're the best when you step between the lines so that you can then perform at your best. So I love that quote. And that's what I've learned to live by in the sense of helping athletes with, with their careers. And then I just want to answer your question as well about build and improve upon Uh, confidence. So the obvious answer is being prepared enough to not have to think while you're performing. So you're able to get into that zone. Uh, But the biggest one that I think people struggle with is their self-talk and understanding that they get to control that 
and choose that can be such an incredibly eye-opening experience for so many people in the in the athlete space, in the business world space. Like you get to decide how you talk to yourself. And if you don't, it can really unravel. And so understanding that you get to decide that. And when you notice yourself going down a rabbit hole, stopping yourself and having a certain mantra that you can tell yourself can be so incredibly powerful for your confidence. That is incredibly powerful. And you mentioned that you both um, had a mentor. And I just want to, I'm curious, who's this mentor that has been giving you these awesome ideas? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, Brian Levinson. He's the one that actually, I mentioned earlier, got me into this field. I He took me on as one of his clients. So I went through the coaching experience with him. And after having an eye-opening experience through coaching, uh, through mental performance coaching, I said, this is life-changing. This is what I want to do for other people. Awesome. Yeah, I, I think there's so much value in coaching and mentorship and all those sorts of things where people just can, they can see another side of you or they can see past your current perspective. They can see past your current thoughts and help you uh, deal with certain things such as confidence and also your, what you just mentioned, your self-talk. And I think self-talk is such a vital thing that so many people don't think about. You know, it's not a thing. It's It's almost like it's common sense, but it's not common practice that we don't get to go and think about how we deal with our, our inner narrative, that self-talk. What are, what are your, your approaches to, to self-talk? I'm just curious on that. Like, what are you, what do you say to yourself? Like, how do you, how do you approach that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And it's so incredibly important. And through my work in dealing with people from a coaching perspective, the amount of negative self-talk that we as humans have, even when dealing with incredibly high performance performers is, is insane. I mean, like the negative things that we talk about to ourselves, the, the, where our brain goes to the negatives can be so scary unless we take an approach that allows us to stop those thoughts and change mm -hmm. them to, Hey, I can do this. Hey, I'm prepared enough to be able to, to be in this situation. I'm here for a reason. I like that one a lot because you can also be like, whoa, this situation's really big. Understanding that, hey, I've been put in this situation for a reason. The people around me trust me to be here is something that I tell myself all the time and helps me, especially in really big moments when I think, uh, hey, this is huge. It's like, yeah, this is huge, but you've prepared enough to be here and you're here for a reason. So those are some of the ones that I like to tell myself now in the, in the business world. Yeah, that is that is very very strong, and I also I also do something similar where I also say to myself that if I get to this, especially like an overwhelming situation, I would say that I wouldn't have been placed here if if it wasn't necessary for me to be here. You know, there's some sort of lesson there, there's that. some sort of perspective that I need to grab and grow, and then get to wherever I'm going. You know, the, to to fulfill my journey, to fulfill that next step, and. That's what I love about perspective. And I love how you guys, you and Sebastian, how you guys use coaches to advantage for this. And you try and, you know, like have this feedback mechanism where they can help you identify specific self-talk, uh, you know, that narrative with, within you. And they can also assist with these sorts of, I would I almost, almost see it as a mantra. I almost see it as this, this underlying hum that you have with inside of you that just uh, resonates all the time. That's beautiful. I absolutely love that. And as we move into, I, I would say the next phase of our conversation, I love how we, how we sort of now put someone into the spot when, where we now say, listen, this is how you can get confident to perform. So let's say we get into that state now where we can perform 
and we're not inhibited by our self-talk. We're getting to the point where we are confident. We know how we want to deal with whatever it is we want to do. But now there's this thing called a flow state. And I want to know how do you get into the flow state or what does it mean to you when you say we get into the zone? Because now we might know exactly how to do a specific thing, but are we then in the, in the, in the zone? Are we in a flow state? How do we, how do we get there? Is that like another way of how we should see a specific situation? Is it a perspective? How, what is flow state? Like, how do we get there? How do we achieve that? Flow state's amazing. And the research behind it is, is so impactful. And so the zone is when you're not thinking and you're just doing and you're performing. It's when you've practiced something so much and you also enjoy it so much that you're freely moving and doing without having to think. It's when you find something that you love to do and three hours go by and you don't even realize it. So you get into it by doing some of the inner work to understand what you're good at and what you love to do. Where do those two things intersect? And it takes that retrospective understanding to find out what this is for each person and then making it a part of your life. Because for each person, it's going to be different. And understanding, and I love the, the idea of what where does time go by without you realizing it? And you're just loving life mm-hmm. and enjoying everything and not having to think. And that's where you found your ability to get into the zone or the flow state, like you called it. Yeah, it, it's always like reminds me of how the subconscious goes to work at that point and sort of like mm-hmm. drives that moment for you. And you just get lost in the moment. And I feel like sometimes we need that when we when we get into these situations, you know, we, we need to get into flow state. We need to get into that that narrative that that takes us there, that that allows us to be in that moment and just, I don't know, thrive in a way, you know? Um, so I just feel like I yeah. typically perform better. Yeah, and I, and I would also say that during this time of uncertainty with the coronavirus and everything mm. going on, think about what gets you into that flow state. What are certain activities that you know give you a lot of energy when you're going to probably when you're watching the news and and reading the news, it's going to be taken away from you. So how can you do those certain activities that give you energy, that give you excitement and bring you back into the zone during, during tough times? Yeah, that is super key advice right over there. So just in a way you're realigning your, your state of mind again. And that, that sort of like pulls me towards the idea of self-talk as well, because whatever you say to yourself in that moment is going to, is going to, bring back the cycle of your self-talk and the self-talk sort of in tandem with, with your flow will put you into the perfect state. Either one of the two can pull you towards yeah. a state, an empowering state that can help you perform better, whether that's just, and if I say perform it in this case, it might even be life. Perform how you are reacting at home, how you're dealing mm-hmm. with your family. If it's in sport, how you're reacting within your, your gameplay like how are you acting, how are you performing in that side? If it's in business, how are you currently dealing with the situation? How are you dealing with clients? How are you responding to things within your business? Especially, as you said, during this, this time that we're living in now with the coronavirus. Yeah, and I think it's so important related to self-talk. And I, I think about this all the time, but controlling controllables and letting uncontrollables go. So you get to decide how you react to hearing about certain news. You can let it bring you all the way down and be depressed about it or how someone's freaking out about everything going on. You get to decide how you want to show up with that specific information, with that data. And I think understanding that you have that that control can be so effective and not let others 
uh, kind of dictate your mood, dictate how things are going. Understanding that you get to decide how you react in every situation can be pretty empowering and something that I talk about a lot with clients in the business world and in the sports world. I've been seeing that idea. I've been reading about and seeing this idea so much about, and I think Victor Frankl, he's like quoted this you know, statement so many times where you get the stimuli and then you get the response and the gap in between is where the, where the freedom lies. And that's sort of, sort of what we like getting towards here. It's, it's being in that power moment when, you, when you're in your self-talk cycle, you know, and something happens, what is a self-talk? If something happens, what is your response? What do you think about how aware are you in that moment to make a decision that will help you and take you forward and improve upon your self-talk? Now, as we speak about performance and all these things, um, I know that we're getting to the point where we're like, in my mind, I'm seeing a story and I'm seeing someone getting confidence and they're getting their self-talk and, you know, all those sorts of things. And they're in this space where they flow, but nothing happens without challenges. You know, nothing happens where we don't get a bump in the road. And sometimes we, ex- we, we get to this thing or we experience this thing called quote unquote failure. Right. So what does, what is, what does failure mean to you? I like asking this to people like, because it cripples so many people, so many in this, in this context, sports stars. Uh, I've seen the biggest guys as well cripple because they, it's, it's, it feels to me like they lack this, this sort of mindset that can take you through these moments. So I just want to get your perspective on what you see failure as. How do you label that if you do label it? And how do you deal with failure if you call it failure, quote unquote failure from your past performances? I like that you'd say quote unquote failure because that's what I'm going to get into and it's so important. So failures not easy to go through. And I've had my share of significant failures in my life that took a lot of time to move on from. Hmm. And I like to break it down into three specific things. One, allow yourself to be upset with that failure. Uh, Just getting angry at yourself for being, for for failing can hold you back. Be okay with, with certain emotions. Sit with it 24 hours, 48 hours, Don't sit with it too long, but allow yourself to be okay with those emotions. So that's what I'd say is number one. Number two, I'd say find someone that is supportive for you that you can connect with and help bring that uh, separate perspective into the room. So maybe it's a a girlfriend, a boyfriend, a parent, a coach, a mentor. Find someone that's going to help you bring a different perspective. And then third, and this is why I said I love that you put it in quotes, because it's a moment for for growth. Mm -hmm. As I've done more research on failure and, and high-performing individuals. Nothing mm. big has truly ever been accomplished without a huge failure sitting right next to it mm. or that's gone along the journey. Like Nothing big ever gets accomplished without failure. And so when you begin to understand that, it can help you put failure into quotes and like you said, and start to think about it more as, as growth opportunities. So if you tune in and listening all the way, thank you for sticking with us. I think... Harris has just highlighted these three points. And I, I find it highly valuable because starting with your first point, allowing yourself to be upset, allowing yourself to experience the emotion. I know looking back at my own life, I typically, well, I, I got to the stage where I followed the, the, the positivity movement for a while. So I, I, I would get into a situation and then something would happen. I'll just be like, no, no, I'm happy. Everything is fine. It's, <laughs> you know, it's all good. But then I never 
dealt with the core emotion. I never dealt with whatever was building up at, you know, uh, into this bigger thing. And yeah, that's a lesson that I learned from that. And now you're actually highlighting that where if something happens and you, it, it is a quote unquote failure and you do feel a certain emotion on top of it and you do feel this emotion attracted to it and feel that emotion, like experience that emotion, but don't let it linger. Don't let it be there too long, you know, that it starts driving the rest of your, your self-talk for days and days and weeks and weeks until it becomes a personality trait, you know? So make mm -hmm. sure that it's just experience at that moment, deal with it, then feel it, let it out in a way and not just suck it in <laughs> and then go beyond that. And then the second was bringing perspective. I'm going to note all this down as well as we, as we go through this list, bringing perspective. And that is exactly why we are doing this episode. Why myself and Harris are talking today is to bring perspective because even myself having answers in my own life and thinking I know how to do things. I always love getting perspective and that helps me give, give myself a broader view. It opens up my mind to see the things that I might've been blind to previously. So super, super, super vital and amazing point highlighted there. And then I love how you put this last, this last point. And you said there, there was always be failure next to growth. And I love that. That means that inevitably there will always be failure. So just go for it anyway. Just go for the growth. Whatever happens, if it's failure, look at it, laugh at it, enjoy it, cry, whatever you need to do, and then get going, you know, get going. Get off your feet and get moving. I just love that. It's, I love these three points because it's empowering. You're putting power into people's hands. You're unlocking people's potential. Yeah, and I, I agree with you that I also went through the phase of uh, positivity and, and and everything's just going to be good. And, and that can help you in certain yes. situations, but yeah. it's it, it's so dependent on situations and looking at life like that can be frustrating for others who are looking at you saying, hey, hey, Bozo, <laughs> why don't you see what's actually going on? And there are times when you need to pull on that. But I think understanding mm -hmm. that each situation is different can be so impactful. So I just wanted to hit on that as well because I, I resonate with it and I and I understand what that as well. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for pointing that that out. I think it's 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 also good to know that when when you need to use that and when you don't. But once you know that everything is just one sided, once it's like lopsided and always positive, that's the same as as being always negative. There needs to be balance, and I found that specifically true in my own life. So next up, I want to jump and I want to transition into decision-making because I feel like you've made a few big decisions in your life. You made a few good ones. And I also feel like we've, we've somehow neglected to say it, but we have been speaking about decision in some way because at, at many points you have to make decisions about when you get the stimuli and you need to make, you know, you need to respond. And when you get to points where you need to think about your self-talk, that's a decision every single time that you need to make. If you get to the point where you need to start thinking about your growth and, and you look at your failure, there's a decision that you need to make about how you're going to feel and how you're going to move forward from that. So at one point in your career, you were approached and drafted by the Nationals, right? So you turned that down and... For me, from outside of perspective, I don't understand that. And I think many others have asked you this question, I think many times over and over and over. But it seems like when you are making big decisions, you seem to make it confidently. So I just want to know, like, what is your criteria? What is that, what is that framework that you use to make decisions on? Well, related to that decision, 
it was an incredible honor to be drafted out of high school. It was the last round, so it was not a lot of money that I was being offered. And if you mm-hmm. go play professional baseball, you lose the opportunity to to play college baseball. And getting an education uh, was always the most important thing to me. It was instilled in me by my parents. It was how I was going to make a living and provide for my family eventually down the road. So that was always important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I made that decision. So at a, at a broader context, when I think about big and important decisions especially now, it has to come down to your values as an individual. So when you think about what's important, what are your values? That's how I like to think about big, important decisions. And I think stress occurs when we make decisions that are not in line with our values. So I personally make a lot of decisions based on the humans involved and the very relationship, love, joy, uh, focused individual and how others will feel about a situation. And honestly, sometimes that can that can run me into problems when it's tough for me to take an objective view of a mm. situation versus a subjective view. So it's also important to get the thoughts and ideas from others that that take that that take different perspectives into that decision as well. So if I'm very people focused, uh, maybe I want a very objective focused view into decisions that I'm making. So I like to to one drive it into my values, and then two get uh, perspective from others who have value valuable inputs into the decisions that I'm trying to make. From my, in my opinion, I think that's extremely wise when you, when you speak about both perspectives, because they say the wise person is the one that looks at both sides of the coin. It's the one that looks at both perspectives and don't, they don't judge either. They just observe. And in this case, it seems like that's what you do. You seem to have to make a decision in your life. You get to that point where you need to make a decision and then you can, and you are intentionally thinking about, can I grab or hold on to another perspective just to see what's happening on that side and then sort of like strengthen your own, your own perspective in a way and lend it mm-hmm. to make a strong, better decision. And then the second thing was you seem to make decisions based on values, which I think is highly, highly, highly valuable. If, if, if people listening in if you're not making or if you don't even know what your values are if you haven't thought about that now is like critical time to just at least start to evaluate what your what your values are define them think about them write them down because i found in my life it's it's been tough i'm not saying it's easy but it's definitely more fulfilling for me it's been much more fulfilling to make these decisions it's more when i make now my decisions now it's it's more based on alignment or misalignment instead of, you know, tough, easy. It's, for me, it's now I'm either aligned with my decisions or I'm not. I'm aligned with where I'm going or I'm not. So that has been my framework. And it's also you know, partly based on values. So we do definitely resonate in that area. You also mentioned something. You said that we can eliminate stress. And I love that because <laughs> so many people are dealing... <laughs> dealing with the stress. And I feel it's, it's all also because they're making decisions based on, you know, I don't know, uh, fear, you know, especially now, once again, uh, getting back to Corona, people are making decisions out of fear instead of thinking about their values, getting different perspectives, just getting, you know, um, aligned with themselves before they make stupid decisions. Uh, yeah. how do you deal with, how do you deal with stress in that, in that sense? Yeah. So I think it's such an important aspect is so when you 
think about making a really big decision. I do this all the time with coaching clients that I work with. It's taking a step back and, and saying, hey, what are your top five values? Okay, wow. joy, empathy, love, fulfillment, resilience. How do those play a role into this big decision that you're deciding to make? Are they in line? Or are you, like you said, just doing this out of uh, fear of failure or something that's not in line mm. with you as a core individual and things that are important to you? So when I think about starting and having good coaching conversations, they're always related to an individual's an individual's values. Um, and I think stress is is something that's natural. And I think similar to, to being okay and understanding that it's going to happen. And then also understanding why is the stress occurring? Is this something that I can control getting back to what we talked about before? Or is this something I can't control? And if it's something I can't control, let it go and come back to what I can control about the situation. And that can usually help us help bring a better perspective into why we're stressed, why we're feeling a certain way. And, and understanding what we can control as an individual is, is only what we do. And we can't usually control how others respond uh, to certain situations. That is such a brilliant answer. I love that. And I'm gonna actually going to iterate that again. So if you didn't get that, as soon as you start to try to control things that are literally out of your reach or within nature or within other people's opinions, those are literally things that we most of the time. 99% of the time can't control. So if you try and control that, you are going to go into that stress mode. Mm -hmm. And now if that happens constantly, you're going to get into chronic stress, which is actually the bad type of stress. I think that we both are referring to at this point, because I know um, just acute stress is typically things that can help us in sports as well. I know that uh, if I felt yeah. this little sense of stress, I actually turned it into some <laughs> form of energy and excitement and I was able to perform better, funny enough. That was quite weird, but that was my experience. So now, um, Harris, I want to bring it all together now. I want to tie it together. I want to take all the ideas that you had and perhaps just give people three takeaways. I want to give them three action items to go and do. Um, just to sort of summarize, because we lose attention, we forget, and we, we drift off. So just to bring it back, just to give them something to go and do after this discussion, because I love when people can take advice or take knowledge and turn it into action, take it into some sort of step for them going forward, then I know we, we're making progress with people. So let's get into it. So one, I'm going to ask you one by one. So the first one is, is what is one small action that anyone can take after this discussion today that will consistently try and put us into peak performance or just higher performance? What can we do? What is that one thing you think we can do? So in your mind, change, quote unquote, failure into a growth opportunity. There are no opportunities. There are no, excuse me, there are no failures, just opportunities to learn and grow and understanding that next to every big success story is a giant mound of failure can help you understand that that's going to be, that's going to happen along the way. Um, I think that's been so impactful in my life. And, and when failures do happen, just understanding that's part of my trajectory on the path to, to growth and success has been really helpful for me. That is absolutely critical. So if you got that, you've got to pile your failures on top of each other to accumulate your growth. <laughs> so what is one thing that we can stop doing to that that's going to limit our performance? Yeah. So getting back to our conversation, I would say negative self-talk. In the different mm -hmm. coaching conversations that I have, we all deal with it and learning to control it can be so incredibly impactful. So you're putting yourself at a disadvantage when you start to tell yourself you can't do something 
important thing. And really, when you take a step back and look at all the things that you've achieved, and I'm, I'm basing this off of all the different coaching conversations that I have, mm-hmm. you can control your fate so much better by eliminating that, that negative self-talk by constantly putting yourself down. That is absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So just putting back to the self-talk as well. And then the last question would just be, what is one character trait that we as usual, normal, living human beings can adopt you know, from high performers, people that are successful? What, what, yes, you deal with a lot of people, so I'm sure like you see these traits. What's sticking out? What can we adopt? So they are always learning. They're constantly doing things to help them learn. So no, no matter how successful that they get, they want to learn more and know more of what's out there. I mean, it's part of the reason why I love listening to your podcasts and podcasts out there on, on personal growth is because there's always some nugget that I can pull from it that I can learn from. And I think even the people at the top of the top of success are always constantly learning, pushing on their growth edge and understanding that that's what they got to do. I absolutely love that. And I do truly resonate with that idea. Learning is one of my highest values. And I just agree with, you know, the, the, like the masters in life. I always, always see them as the best learners. They're always learning. They're always in this, this state of learning. They're always in the position of asking questions, being curious and all those sorts of things. So I think that that's highly valuable information and absolutely amazing advice. So I've now linked your website and all your social media links in the, in the show notes of this episode. So I am going to put, yeah, I'm actually going to put that in. And so if you want to get in touch with Harris, just, you know, give him a shout out or, or get in touch with him. If you want to, you know, just chat or, you know, get in touch, then check the show notes out and you'll be able to do that. Harris, is there anything else that you wanted to add in terms of where people can get hold of you? Yeah, I, I appreciate you doing that. You can go to my website, harrisfaneroff.com. Check me out. You can reach out to me that way. Uh, hfaneroff at gmail.com. Always open to any inquiries. And then, uh, yeah, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, I'm available there and, and would love to, to chat with anyone interested. Uh, I love talking with, with other individuals focused on the personal growth space. space. So reach out to me. I'd love to have, have conversations. Awesome stuff. So there you go. There's your opportunity. Take hold. Take a nice grasp on top of that and just go and, and follow him on Twitter and engage, get in touch. It's an opportunity to grow, learn, and just have fun at the end of the day as well. So closing question, in what way, Harris, would you like to inspire, empower, or motivate the world? What, a, what an awesome question. So <laughs> I want to know that I made a positive difference in as many people's lives as I could. So getting back to the values, family, I want to most importantly be a, be a good husband to my future wife. We're getting married in September. Be a good hey. father to my eventual, <laughs> be a good father to my eventual kids, good son to my parents, good brother and good grandson to my amazing grandma. And I want to make a, a big impact with what I've learned. So everything that I've learned about emotional intelligence, coaching, organizational development has played such a big role in my life that I want to get that message out to others in the world so they can learn and grow from, from all the things that I'm learning. That is powerful. We're already doing that through this podcast and the other ones that you've been on. So yeah, just keep going at that. And I just want to acknowledge you at this point for yeah, all your hard work, your commitment as a coach. And just thank you for helping individuals unlock their potential. Thank you for helping them move through all their challenges and just living a, you know, a more fulfilled life. Um, keep sharing, keep coaching. And keep inspiring, you know, those around you to keep making an impact. And thank you for being in the show. It was special. Thank you.
Yeah, of course. Thank, thank you, Christopher. I really appreciate you giving me uh, the platform and the time, and I'm looking forward to, to the relationship. And, and thanks again for having me on. Thanks, Harris. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. I hope you enjoyed that episode with myself and Harris. I learned so much from just this small amount of time that we spent together, this 45 minutes. And I learn something new every time. Every time I listen to to people speak, when I interview them, when I get a little bit deeper into their brains, when I when I just go and ask the questions that spark insights. I learned so much just from doing that. And I'd love if you can do the same. If you can, as we discuss things, as you listen through that you can start questioning your own life, start questioning your own journey and start questioning your own your own presence and see where you are, identify where you are and then learn from what we say, learn from what we've said, learn from the discussions that we put out. I hope that you take action after this. I hope that you you follow through on whatever tips you get throughout these episodes and that you really start making progress in your own life with whatever it is that is in front of you, whatever that goal is that you want to achieve. As I mentioned earlier in this podcast episode, we have a community and it's now called Hive Mind and it's there to support people going forward towards becoming the best version of themselves. It's there to meet like-minded people, people who want to expand their potential, people who want to become expansive and it's there for people to mingle and create community. Thank you so much for sticking all the way through and listening all the way through and learning on this journey with me. If you like this episode, share it with someone else or join the community and take the discussion further. That is all for today and I'll see you guys in the next episode of Exploring Possibility and remember, don't be afraid to go and explore and find that possibility. Cheers, guys.